Blue Wire. The San Diego Chargers select Joey Bosa. Oh, here comes Bosa! The Los Angeles Chargers select Derwin James. What's going on, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of the Powder Blue Review. I am your host, Michael Peterson. Welcome back. I know I took a little bit of a break over, obviously, the holiday of Christmas. Um, Very understandable, right? Um, Really wasn't much to say about the Raiders game. I think everyone probably would have preferred not to hear over again what happened with the Raiders game. It was ugly. It was so stupid. It was probably the... the game that I most stopped paying attention to before the game was actually over. It was painful, but just in like a different way, I guess, where instead of being upset over it, um, a lot of that jadedness started to kind of sit in and I just kind of stopped paying attention. I'm not going to lie, but obviously the Chargers lost to the Raiders. Um, Who would have thought that after going 12 and four in 2018, that the Chargers would bounce back in 2019 and literally get swept through the entire AFC West. Chargers currently sitting at 5-10, and 10, um, looking at 5-11, and 11, staring down the barrel of that gun with the Chiefs on tap this Sunday at Arrowhead. Obviously, things aren't looking good. It took a crazy, crazy game for Mike Williams last season to even keep them in a position to win that game. Um... 24-17 was the final call, final score for the Raiders game, uh, final home game at Dignity Health Sports Park. Finally, the Chargers can get out of that dumpster fire of a stadium where hopefully they have a better chance, not necessarily a great chance of having a home game or home field advantage going into the future in the new SoFi Stadium out in Inglewood, but uh, still something to look forward to. Now, this game's interesting. Obviously, because it's an AFC West matchup, it is uh, the last chance they obviously have to not get swept in the AFC West. Uh, With it being an AFC West game, you have the chance that Rivers completely throws the whole thing. Um, Last time I checked, I think I don't have the note in front of me right now, but when I added up touchdowns ratio or touchdown to interception ratio or just in general um, what he's thrown against AFC West opponents, I think he's up to Phillip Rivers is up to five touchdowns to I believe it's 12 or 13 interceptions, which is his worst mark over the last five years. And that does include 2015, where the team went 4-12, and 12, and 2016, when they went 5-11, and 11, similar to what they've done now. This is just about as bad as Rivers has ever been um, in his career, arguably one of the worst years um, of his entire 15-16 year career. But there's really not much else to say. We'll we'll talk about the game a little bit more. Um, Let's go ahead and talk about the teams that will be facing each other. Always, uh, we always start with the Chargers going first. Phillip Rivers, third in the NFL with 4,334 passing yards, 21 touchdowns to 18 interceptions. Just absolutely horrendous. Um, Lots of questions swirling around his future in L.A., right a lot of people asking me, do I think he's going to play another year? Is he going to play for another team? What's the deal? What do I think? Um, honestly, I think he's just going to play one more year with the Chargers and then call it quits. He's not going to go anywhere outside of 
California, that's for sure. He's got too many kids, man. Come on, give me a break. He's got too many kids. He's not going anywhere, and he's not going to be separated from his family. They're obviously way too important to him. So I honestly believe it's just one more season. He wanted to play one season at least in the new LA stadium, and then I think that's it. I also don't think that stops the Chargers from drafting a quarterback in this year's draft. So uh, that is something to obviously look into because crazier things have happened, I guess, is, is the way I want to finish that. Melvin Gordon, 148 carries for 566 yards and seven touchdowns, 36 catches, 220 yards, and one score through the air. Austin Eckler, who's got to be your team MVP, sitting at 123 carries for 511 yards, three touchdowns on the ground, 83 catches, second on the team behind Keenan Allen for 950 yards and eight touchdowns. Keenan Allen, with 95 catches, just five away from that 100-catch uh, threshold, he has 1,117 receiving yards, five touchdowns. And I, I couldn't help but laugh because I always joke that Keenan Allen is just perpetually going to keep getting six touchdowns per season. Hasn't broken six touchdowns since his rookie year where he scored eight. He has had six over the last two seasons. And when he started with three touchdowns to the team's first three or four games of this season, I said, oh, perfect. Like, there's no way he's not going to break six touchdowns. But here we are headed into the final game of the regular season, the final game of the Chargers season in general. He has five touchdowns. So unless he comes out here and scores two against the Chiefs, he is going to fail once again to break that six touchdown mark. Mike Williams, 47 catches for 963 yards and two touchdowns. Obviously, huge, huge career improvement in terms of yardage. He has less catches than uh, last year, uh, and obviously nine total less touchdowns than he had last year as well. Um, but he's made a name for himself. I mean, last year was throw him the back shoulder fade in the end zone. This year, it's just literally throw it up to him near the sideline in one-on-one coverage and watch him come down with the ball. I wish they could have combined those two strategies with Mike Williams. The Chargers season would probably be a little bit different if he was able to bring down some of those touchdowns in the end zone. And if he was, I don't know. I don't know. You guys know what I'm saying. Like be the guy who can, who can make those huge catches that moves the team down the field and then also be the guy to help finish it uh, in the red zone. Hunter Henry has career highs and uh, catches and yardage. He has 50 catches on the year for 610 yards, four touchdowns. I believe that is ties his other mark from what am I thinking 2017 2016 is when as a rookie he came out uh, and scored eight touchdowns was one was tied for I think the top mark four tight ends that year and then four in his sophomore season obviously missed last year but four always solid for Hunter Henry and he did miss again a bunch of time this year those stats would probably be much much better defensively for the Chargers Thomas Davis is still far and away your leading tackler with 112. And that's nothing to shake a feather at. I, I, you know, he's missed quite a few tackles. He may not be the same thing that he was during his prime in the early 2010s. But the guy is, as old as he is, the final defensive player still alive in the NFL from the 2005 draft. To have 112 tackles with one game left to go is still quite the achievement. Going along with those 112 tackles, he just has three tackles for loss and one sack. Really just a tackle gobbler. Joey Bosa... Second on the team with 64 total tackles, 18 tackles for loss, and 11 and a half sacks. Melvin Ingram, 47 total tackles, 11 tackles for loss, 7 sacks on the season. And then you've got Denzel Perryman, Drew Tranquil, a couple middle linebackers, 62 tackles for Perryman, 
Five tackles for loss, one interception. Tranquil with 59 total stops and four tackles for loss. And then Casey Hayward kind of headlines your defensive backs from this season, sitting with 32 total tackles, eight passes defensed, which is number one on the team by a large margin. And he is second on the team with two interceptions. Definitely good to see him get back in that interception column, especially after having zero uh, during the 2018 season. Switching teams here, the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. He missed quite a few games. I want to say it was around three, maybe four. Four might be stretching a little bit. But even though he's missed at least three games, he is still uh, 500 yards within Phillip Rivers. He has 3,857 on the season, 25 touchdowns to just four interceptions, uh, a beautiful touchdown-to-interception ratio, one that I am quite jealous of. LaShawn McCoy. Came out of, uh, didn't come out of retirement, but was picked up by the Kansas City Chiefs. Signed, obviously, former head coach Andy Reid. Uh, there was that connection. Didn't have the most prolific season in, in an offense that is known for being very prolific. But McCoy finished with 101 yards, excuse me, 101 carries, 465 yards on the ground and four touchdowns. Also chipped him 28 catches for 181 yards and another score. Tyreek Hill, their headlining receiver, 54 catches for 79 yards, 799 yards. Seven scores, which is uh, tops on the team. Sammy Watkins, 51 catches for 665 and three scores. McCole Hardman, just 25 catches, but has turned that into 508 yards and six touchdowns, second on the team. And then Travis Kelsey, your leading catch getter on the Chiefs, 94 catches for 1,205 yards. I think he became the first tight end in NFL history to have four straight seasons of 1,000 yards receiving so huge kudos to Travis Kelsey he is such a good football player you know and I know he plays with the Chiefs but damn he's good at just being a football player also has five touchdowns on the year good for third on the team Anthony Hitchens uh, former Iowa Hawkeye went to school with him great guy 78 total tackles two tackles for loss two sacks Tyron Matthew uh, Tyran Tyron however you like to pronounce that 68 total stops, three tackles for loss, three, two sacks, pardon me, and three interceptions, doing the honey badger things that he was known for uh, coming out of LSU, still doing it with his, what is this, his third team, I think, Cardinals, yeah, Cardinals to Texans to, to Chiefs, still on his, th- or on his third team, but still getting the job done. Frank Clark, their big free agent signing uh, this past offseason, 35 total tackles, 11 tackles for loss, 7 sacks. Chris Jones, who really took the league by storm, uh, really thrusted himself into the elite group of his position. 35 tackles, uh, excuse me, 34 tackles, 7 tackles for loss, 8 sacks. That is tops on the team. Juan Thornhill, he's a rookie safety from the University of Virginia, a guy I really liked for the Chargers in this last draft period. Uh, Really, really, I mean, uber-athletic, uber-athletic like Byron Jones is for the Cowboys uh, who came out of Connecticut, but this guy was insane. Uh, such a ball hawk. I think he had 13 total interceptions in college. Uh, in the NFL, his rookie season, he doesn't have that many, but he's got, you know, three, which is uh, tied for the lead on the team with Teran Matthews. Also got 56 total tackles, three passes defended, and he took one of those interceptions for a touchdown earlier this season. I think it was within just the last month or so. But those are your players to watch, your kind of main headliners in this game. Uh, a little bit of a preview in terms of who to expect, what to expect from them. Um, and we're just going to kind of go right into my three things to watch for. It's going to be a um, on the shorter end of shows. We don't have any ad reads again this week, uh, so I don't got to interrupt you know, the show to, to bring you guys some ads and facts and, and stuff like that. 
but why don't we just kind of get into this? Um, so my three things to watch for, obviously, the three biggest themes just in general that I think people should pay attention to, at least personally, what I will be watching for closely, um, whether it's a matchup, whether it's you know one specific player, whether there's a storyline somewhere kind of dug through um, the game, the matchup. That's usually something I talk about in this section. So number one, uh, and this is pretty straightforward. Again, it's the season finale. There's been a lot of ruckus in terms of what's going to happen to this coaching staff. Is it going to be the same? How many players are still going to be here that were on this team uh, to next season? I don't know. So number one is simply who will look like they're playing for their jobs. If you've paid attention to social media, there have been some sites who have made lists basically ranking whose seats are the hottest among those NFL coaches who maybe have been underachieving so far this season. You know, Anthony Lynn has obviously been on one of them. I think he was out of the top five the site listed. Don't quote me on the site, but uh, he was fourth. And a lot of people were like, that's kind of nonsense. I mean, it's Anthony Lynn's first losing season as a head coach, obviously, 9-7 and seven his first season, 12-4 and four last season. He really could have been up there in terms of Chargers coaches, best Chargers marks for a head coach through their first three seasons. Definitely could have been top three. He's going to finish out uh, as fifth or sixth. Um, man, he started so well, 9-7 and seven to 12-4. and four. So you're sitting at, uh, you know, what is that, 21-11, and 11, um, if my math is right. Yes, that is equal 32. Um, and all of a sudden, this huge five and what is this? Five and it's gonna probably gonna be a five and eleven season, five and t- five, you know six and ten, whatever. Uh, really kind of hurt him. He's way close to to five hundred, and a lot of people start looking at that and going, uh, you know, who cares if they, it's recency bias, right? It's recency bias that he's he's done a bad job this season, and that's you know fireable, that's damnable, it's crucifiable. I don't know. He's a good coach or has been a good coach. You know, the first season they started 0-4 and then run the table and go 9-3 to finish 9-7, just barely missing the playoffs. A late Cincinnati Bengals touchdown over the Ravens to beat them. Week 17 was the reason the Chargers weren't in the playoffs in 2017. Last season, obviously, the team is just on the other side of all their close losses, right? They had so many games again settled by one score or less, and they just ended up being on top of those matchups. But this year, the entire script was flipped. The entire one. Every game that came down to being close, they lost pretty much every single one except, what was it, the very first game against the Indianapolis Colts. Because you have the big win against the Dolphins, the big win against the Packers. Um, you have the very, very close one against the Bears. I guess that one is probably in that category as well in terms of close losses. But I mean, what else? All of them, man. Close losses after close loss after close loss. God, that's frustrating. But anyway, I don't think, no. I don't think Anthony Lynn is going to be fired after the season. I think there may be some new faces in the building, whether that is assistant coaches, whether that's some players uh, that he's just tired of, you know, whether there's guys that we got to cut to save some cap room for the big deals going to Joey Bosa or Hunter Henry and guys like that. In terms of players, man, um, I don't expect, say, Melvin Ingram. I don't expect him to be back next season. He, he's he been fine, but not nearly as elite as people want to to make you think he is. Um, Russell Okung, I know he's got the injury, and he's still kind of one of the most important pieces of his offensive line. 
but they would save so much money. And if they're able to draft someone to play left tackle or just able to ride out with Trey Pipkins, if his progression um, increases enough, then maybe they're able to save that type of money. Don't expect Travis Benjamin to be back. Um, you know, I would be surprised to see Thomas Davis come back. I'd be surprised to see Denzel Perryman come back. There are just players that I think are expendable. And for sure, I believe there will be some guys who will not be with the Chargers in 2020. So yes, I'd like to see some more intensity, some more heart and passion of these guys basically trying to make their final impression of 2019 to show the coaches that yes, they would like to be around for 2020. And if they don't, then they're likely just, you will not see them in a Chargers jersey next season. Secondly, on three things to watch for, will the coaches call this game... What's the word I'm looking for? I mean, I have unbothered here, but that doesn't seem right. Like, are they going to be laxed and, and carefree and going forward, unleashing themselves, not trying to be scared? You know, I mean, the game doesn't matter, right? The, all they're playing for is to beat the Chiefs, to say they beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead, similar to the way they beat the Chiefs last season and have those bragging rights. I would love to see that. Even though it might hurt the draft position by a, you know, a spot or two, I would love to see the coaches call a wild game and at least try to do some shit. And that doesn't mean throw Tyrod Taylor out there and put Phillip Rivers out wide and do some weird read option, double pass, end around horse shit. No, you play, try some new stuff, try some new personnel, give people a shot to succeed that you normally wouldn't be because you're too scared to lose, you know, some game that matter back then you know nothing matters right now get some of the young guys some reps get tillery in there a bunch get you know undrafted free agent uh wide receiver jason moore in there get uh justin jackson in there some more i don't know i would love to see some uh seldomly used faces in this game against the chiefs i i really would i think it'd be really really cool um and finally number three uh this is there's gonna be some some thresholds and some some landmarks that some of these players could finally meet so i would love to see guys like eckler and williams cross the 1000 yard receiving mark okay williams is sitting at 963 okay so he needs just 37 yards receiving he can usually do that in just one catch and then you've got austin eckler 50 yards away i don't know what history books say but i don't think many teams have three 1000 yard receivers in a single season it would be so cool to see Eckler, Mike Williams, and Keenan Allen do that. It might be I might be the first time ever. I mean, don't quote me on that, but I know it's very, very rare, right? It'd be one of the few times, if any, um, in NFL history. You've also got uh, Joey Bosa sitting at 11 and a half sacks. Now, Joey Bosa's career high is 12 and a half sacks that he hit his rookie season. Um, no, pardon me, this is his sophomore season, I believe, that he... He was finally, because he wasn't fully healthy his rookie season. In his sophomore season, his career high is 12 and a half. So he didn't have any last week against, actually, no, he did. He had one against uh, Derek Carr last week against the Raiders. If he can get one on Patrick Mahomes, tie that mark, cool. I would love to be able to see him get one and a half to get to that 13 mark and set a new career high. I think he's played so well this season. I'm actually surprised to see he only has 11 and a half sacks. I feel like he would have completely blown that mark out of the water. But when you're a one-man show on defense, especially the, during the time that Derwin James wasn't healthy, uh, you can't expect him to do everything. He's second on the team in tackles as a defensive end while leading the team in sacks and tackles for loss. The guy is an absolute monster. He just changed this game this year to what he needed it to be, and that was to help stop the run. Um, 
And that looks like it. There's no other real thresholds to, to look at. You know, you hope Rivers doesn't meet the 20 interception threshold because nothing is ever good from that, obviously. Um, nothing good has come of it this season. Um, but yeah, Austin, I mean, I don't think Eckler's going to get 17 catches to put him at the 100 catch mark. Uh, Allen would like five more. He's at 95 right now. Keenan Allen just needs five more to reach that 100 uh, catch mark. He's averaged 99 and a half i think he's just like one under averaging 100 over the last three seasons so to see him maybe get seven uh catches in this game would i think get that average to a solid 100 over the last three seasons that'd be cool to see and again his two touchdowns to put him at seven would be awesome to see him finally kind of break that six touchdown mark that he's been toying with over the last couple of seasons and that about does it for this week's episode of the Powder Blue Review. I am your host, Michael Peterson, guys. Follow me on Twitter at Zone Tracks. That's spelled Z-O-N-E-T-R-A-C-K-S. Uh, go ahead and follow the Twitter podcast handle as well at PB Review Podcast. Go on over to BoltsFromTheBlue.com as well. That is SB Nation's Los Angeles Chargers blog. Always doing a lot of great work over there. Everything's going to ramp up during the offseason as well. There's going to be draft stuff and everything in between editorials, opinion pieces, guys, that's kind of when we let the imaginary juices flow. So don't be afraid. Get on over there and check that out. With that, guys, I will leave you be. Hope you guys had a happy holidays. Uh, got everything you wanted for Christmas. There's a ha- the happy New Year's coming up, New Year's Eve. Super excited. And, and you know, once we kind of get through this final game against the Chiefs, no matter how that goes, then we can just kind of dive headfirst into NFL draft season, which will run from the start of the year all the way through Uh, the end of April. A lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of prospects to go over, and uh, can't wait to get started on all of that. So once again, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, This is our final game preview of the season as well. Thank you guys so much for coming along for the ride. Uh, Five-star review, comment, like, subscribe, wherever you guys watch podcasts. Let me know what you like. Let me know what you don't like. I would greatly appreciate it. And with that, guys, again, happy holidays. Have a happy new year. I'll probably speak to you before the new year's anyway, but still. Uh, This has been Michael Peterson on the Powder Blue Review. I will see you guys next week.